And welcome in episode number 12 of the Grind on Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside my sidekick right here, Mr. Ben Metz. Uh, running solo today. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've, uh, you know, that's the thing with schedules, Ben, is uh, you schedule people, uh, you know, you have some things line up, and then really life happens. And, and in our world, or at least in my thought, uh, life comes first, podcast comes second. So, uh, when people can't make the cut or can't make the timeline, we're gonna we're gonna reschedule and uh, just make it happen, and that's what we're doing here tonight. Uh, talk a little Tennessee baseball. Uh, you know, I think the last uh, last few weeks, maybe maybe this season, you know, Tennessee fans uh, chirping around a little bit that this ain't what we had a year ago. This isn't the team that we thought we had. Uh, all those all those different. Uh, really chirping's probably a good way to put it, but really Ben and I, you know, we, we work together, we podcast together, we hobby together. And so we've had a lot of good time to talk about what this Tennessee team has, uh, that, that really you have to have to be successful and what maybe they're not using at the moment. And then really how this team's different. A lot of things have, uh, have changed in a year. Graduation will do that to you. And then ultimately, uh, what's, uh, what's the, the, maybe the spark that this team needs to get it right. I, I titled this one from the cheap seats because uh, it don't get much cheaper than this couch. Uh, but then uh, also, uh, you know, how, how can the Tennessee team get on track? I think if you're a true Tennessee fan, you haven't given up on this team because there's just a ton of talent on it. But Ben, uh, there's some work to be done. But uh, how you doing, man? Like the like the mix, got the Tennessee hat, the Rebel shirt. Yeah, I got the cream sickle going. I like I like the uh, traditional oars that you got on there. That's, That's on purpose, and we'll you'll hear about that in a minute. <laughs> I like that styling and profiling. Of course, I'm repping my ribs here. Now that is Maryville, not uh, Ole Miss, correct? Maryville ribs. That's correct. And I've got a I've got a cup here that one of my good buddies got me. I'm not going to mention any names, but he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I do podcasts with him on a regular basis. But yeah, I'm doing good and. You know, this is a Tennessee team that, uh, you know, they 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 are they're coming, they're following up a team that hit 158 home runs last year, Wayne. Um, just an incredible baseball team, arguably one of the best baseball teams ever to come through the University of Tennessee. Um, so, you know, you always joke around in the sporting world. Hey, I never want to be uh, the guy that follows Nick Saban. Um, I never want to be. Uh, the guy who follows Michael Jordan on the basketball court. So very similar in this case, uh, this is a team that, that has some pretty big shoes to fill. Oh, I think, I think absolutely. You, you know, this is a team that, that has some really highly touted recruits, but I mean, it's just like in college football and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody that's watching this. You, you know, the score probably better than I, but you know, when you get a five-star recruit, yeah, you've got a, you've got a good, you've got a good foundation, you've got a good base, but it's still going to be their first game in, in college football. It's still going to be, uh, for Malia Huna, you know, he's a, he's a big kid. He's a, he's a guy that's done it at a, at a good rate in a lot of ways, but it was his first time in the sec. It's his first time, big time college, college baseball. And, uh, you've got guys like Blake Burke who really, uh, you know, got a good run at it, you know, DH and here and there playing a little first when we, when games were out of hand, but it wasn't his baby. 
It was Luke Lipsius's baby. And, and really, uh, when you talk about Luke Lipsius, those are big shoes to fill too. You know, uh, an aer- aerospace engineering major, uh, brilliant guy in a lot of ways. Uh, and you're having to fill that shoe. He, he knew first base better than his glove, better than the back of his hand. And so Blake Burke's got big shoes to fill. Uh, the outfield, uh, the loss of Beck and Gilbert. I mean, I don't know that you can measure that uh, from a performance standpoint but from a leadership standpoint, um, and then, um, you know, nothing, nothing to that, but this is just a different team. And I think you can speak probably better than, than I can, but baseball, uh, is a, uh, is a comfort thing. It's a, uh, it's a feel thing. And, uh, when you don't feel it, it's hard to get it. Yeah. I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use one of my favorite foods, uh, during the summertime, Wayne, to explain, um, what we're doing well right now and uh, what we haven't been doing well, and that's pasta salad. It's not it's not the pasta salad that that has like the mayonnaise in it and it's got like the cucumbers and the shot the, the chives in it. It's it's the pasta salad with the Italian dressing and the green peppers and the red peppers and the seasoning and you know different colored noodles. That pasta salad because there's so many different ingredients and uh, it, you have to mix everything perfectly together to get the right tasting rainbow pasta salad. Okay. So, so <laughs> stick with me, stick with me. Okay. So, you know, we were, we, we won the game the other night, 14 to two against Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Um, we had a, a, a great uh, final game against Florida there. We run ruled Florida. We used the same lineup. Uh, so Tony Vitello talked about, um, we're trying as coaches to figure out what's what's the lineup or what's the mix that works best for this team. And and the lineup that we were using in the LSU game, you had Ahuna, you had uh, Dryling. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, you had Moore, Dickey, and Burke. And then you had Dickey behind the plate. The last two ball games, they've gone with Dickey as the leadoff. Moore number two, Burke's in that three hole. Kid, uh, you got Merritt cleaning them up, and then you got Stark who's behind the plate catching. Um, so I think I think he's found a lineup the last couple ball games that can generate some offense at the top of the lineup. And one other big change he's made is he's playing Logan Chambers in the nine hole, and Logan Chambers uh, he's he's really come on at the bottom part of the lineup and and attributing to a lot of runs. Whereas um, typically they've had uh, Christian Scott down there, and Christian Scott uh, he's hit into a, to a lot of double play balls. So so I think he's made some changes to the lineup. It's working. So this type of pasta salad is going to go real well with hot dogs down in Arkansas, buddy. With hot dogs, I will tell you uh, if you're a pasta salad guy, it it's things you learn in in live action that you didn't know you're going to have to try my mom's pasta salad from, uh, from a a small town in Newport It is world renowned. There's people that come to, to the Kaiser place and bring their own to go bowls because they, they know what they're getting. Just saying, just saying may or may not have some in the fridge. Like the Mecca of uh, pasta salad. Is that, is that what you're saying? We've got, we've got the goods is all I can say. <laughs> but, uh, so, so you were talking about the lineup and, and it made me kind of pull up the, the 2022, uh, lineup. And, and literally this article is called the toughest lineup in baseball. 
Uh, and it was Christian Moore at the top, Ortega two, Beck three, Gilbert cleanup, Lipscomb uh, in the five spot, Lipsius in the six, Russell seven, or I'm sorry, six, Blake Burke seven, uh, Cortland Lawson eight, and Blade Tidwell, the pitcher at this point, uh, in the nine hole. That's that's murderer's row. I, I don't know. Uh, the only person that you could probably pitch around or, or maybe do something with is uh, Blade Tidwell. Cortland Lawson had double-digit home runs. So I, when you have eight out of your nine guys that can hit a home run on any given swing, it's 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 hard to work with. This lineup's a little bit more you can pitch around some guys. I think that that is uh, you know that's kind of a given here. Uh, this is what we're seeing this year. You're seeing a Huna, Christian Moore, Blake Burke, Jared Dickey, Dylan Dryling, uh, Hunter Inslee, Zane Denton, Christian Scott, Charlie Taylor, Chase Burns. Again, when he pitches, whoever the pitcher is is typically that nine hole. But what what you're saying is is maybe they're they're trying to sprinkle in some hits to where you can't have three up three down innings with this team. You're going to have to deal with a base runner. You're going to have to to play a little fielding. And I think that's that's another thing this team has got to evolve into is making teams stretch a little bit. We talk about bump plays. Uh, we had Ben and I. We had a clinic on on why you know we you know I can't lay down a bunt. I'm pretty sure I can pitch it back into the catcher's mitt. But um, <laughs> bump plays. Talking about that, uh, this team doesn't lay down a whole lot of bunts. They don't stress. Uh, teams enough to make a play, you know, uh, in a team that has talent, has youth and really Tennessee baseball, I feel like has a good bit of speed. Um, they don't, they don't stress teams a whole lot on that side of the ball. So I think Tennessee is, uh, there's a lot of things that's gone into it. You know, I think there's speculation. If you read message boards, you can, you can create all kinds of podcasts just off message boards, but I think this team's struggling to find their identity. I don't know that I look up last year. It was, it was world without end. Amen. Uh, Jordan Becker or drew Gilbert's team every single night. Uh, Luke Lipsius was the holder downer at first base and, and the pitchers kind of held their own, you know, they were a stable of, of, of horses. Right. Right. But this year, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would give anybody that leader title. Would you, I mean, I, I don't, I think everybody wants it to be a Huna. I think everybody wants it to be Blake Burke. But I don't think it's either one of them. I think Blake struggles sometimes at first base. I think that makes people a little perturbed with him, just frankly. And then I, I, I don't know that a Huna really has settled into any level of groove to where we could depend on him. And look at Christian Moore and how he played in the Florida series this weekend. I mean, he kind of a, appeared to be the leader of the dugout in a couple instances in the final game on Saturday. Um, so, you know, he's another one. So, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think anybody has really stood out as the leader of this ball club. And Tony's just kind of sitting back and waiting for that to happen. So, so talk about Tony. You really kind of, that's the next bandaid we got to rip off is, is Tony Vitello is noticeably different with this team than he was a year ago. Now, um, Tony's a player's guy. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, uh, he goes as players go, uh, maybe they're struggling and he's getting a little tight. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of options up his sleeve. I think this weekend uh, against Arkansas is going to be a huge, uh, it's going to be a huge take as to, 
I think he's going to empty the cup is what I'm trying to say. Every stop will be pulled out for him to try to get this series win in Arkansas. But uh, last year, uh, the confidence, he never, I don't think he ever had to set the bar for confidence in 2022. I think Beck, Gilbert, Lipsius, and the crew said, this is how Tennessee's going to bring it to the field every night. This is what we're going to do so that people either either hate our obnoxiousness or are scared of us. I mean, I think that was the two things. They they didn't mind being hated and they knew teams were scared of them. That's a that's a those are two coins, two feathers in your hat that when you walk to the plate, you like to have those things with you. This team doesn't have that. I, I don't know that the team walks to the plate and 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 attacks pitchers the way last year's team uh kind of played ball. So I think that's a little bit of it, but Tony's noticeably different. I think Again, you look at message boards, you look at tea leaves. Um, there's some stories out there as to why he's a little less uh, aggressive or a little less vocal uh, in certain situations. Uh, but I think he's forcing this team to, to create an identity. I think he's uh, he understands that he can be the leader. He can be the the cheerleader. He can be the, the Euros Plovsic of, of the Tennessee baseball team. Uh, but I think he, he also wants somebody to raise up. You know, we talk about it in, in, in football a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks or there's a lot of good pieces on the puzzle, and the coach just says, I need one of y'all to take control of this thing. I need somebody to rise up and, and, and be the leader of this team. And I don't know if that's the approach we're getting or if Tony legitimately, uh, you know, feels like, you know, I don't, I don't know that me getting aggressive will help this team. Yeah, and just getting the speculation out there that I have, I'm going to – I'm going to claim it, is that he was suspended at the very beginning of the season. And it wasn't a one-game suspension. It was He was suspended for the series uh, by the athletic department at the University of Tennessee. Um, and I think if you're in a job or you're in a coaching position and you have the confidence of your leadership behind you, that's going to allow you to, to act in your work environment confidently. You're going to have confidence in what you do at work. Um, you're probably going to do things that won't necessarily get you into trouble at work, but you may you may act more uh, cavalier in situations. And I think that because of that disciplinary action that happened at the beginning of the season, again, this is just strictly my speculation. Um, you know, I think about myself. If I got in a situation like that, I may tone it down naturally. Um, rather than continue to act so cavalier in my job or to be so outgoing. But, you know, another in Tony's defense, I, I think he's waiting for this team, and this is something to get the fan base excited. I think that the the run rule against Florida in the in the final in the third game, the runs we scored with this same lineup against Eastern Kentucky, um, really, really poses well going down to Arkansas. Um, so really when you look at the matchup on paper, we're two very similar teams, us in Arkansas. Um, I think both teams have almost the exact number of doubles. If not, we have two more, maybe 58 to their 56. So this is a team that these are two teams that are almost identical on paper. Well, and I, I wonder, you, you know, we, we've been so used to the last couple of years, especially with the COVID giving us six year seniors and such, uh, you know, Tony didn't have to be the uh, 
what am I trying to say? The uh, mature one, he didn't have to be, you know, he didn't have to be because there were guys that were, were, were dudes as the, the Kansas state basketball coach said in the NCAA, uh, we had dudes, we had guys that could get it done. So I wonder if Tony's not just trying to be the, trying to be the adult here. I know that's maybe not been his MO, uh, but, uh, maybe he's just trying to be that, uh, be that kind of steadying force, you know, let Frank Anderson walk out there and, and give the scowl to the, to the home plate umpire, but he'll like hold down the fort. But no, I, I think you look at this team. I think they're poised to make a good run. You know, we've talked off air and I, and I'll say it right here. Um, you know, who else was having these questionable conversations a year ago? Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole yeah. Miss. Uh, and they went on to win the world series, college world series. Now I'm not, I'm not putting that out there. Uh, I do think this is a team that, that has a regional birth, whether we host or not will be how these these later series work out. But uh, to me, this is a team that has all the bones. And in college baseball, uh, there's a lot of teams that don't have any bones. Uh, Eastern Kentucky came here, uh, and outside of just a couple couple jacks, um, I mean, we pretty much shut them down and, and put that to bed early. Florida Sunday, uh, or yeah, Florida, the last game of the series, we were able to take care of business there quick and it was Tennessee of old it was we were in control we were playing ball we hit got guys on base and then hit them in I mean it's it's a pretty simple concept but you know at at the end of the day uh Tennessee's got to get right at the right time and I think you know on a huge stage there in Fayetteville this weekend could be that stage if they to me if they win this series all is forgiven all is right with the ship uh, I think a huge piece to to getting there. You know, I think we're going to kind of give it two keys to to success for this Tennessee baseball team. Number one, I don't think against this Arkansas team you can stand to give up two or three runs in the first inning. That's no. what these uh, the pitchers, Dolander's done that quite a bit. Burns has done that quite a bit. Honestly, Bean's been the bright spot uh, of the pitching staff. But I think uh, we've got to be able to be be uh, be multiple in the pitching staff. I don't think I you know. I keep going back to that super regional against Notre Dame. Uh, they didn't play around. Uh, you got a couple guys on, they change pitchers. And I think we've got to, we've got to be as multiple as we can be. And I think our pitching staff's deep enough to do that. So that's number one. Pitchers can't give up, uh, get us behind by two or three runs against this team. They're too good. We can't catch up. And then number two, I think you got to attack at the plate. I, I, I think that's against Arkansas this weekend, but it's against every single team you're going to see uh, from now on is don't go to the plate expecting to, to walk back to the dugout in a few minutes. Expect to be on first base. Expect to be trotting around. Uh, look at that pitcher because you're a D1 baseball player too and take him, you know, work him. Even if it's a, even if it's an out, if it's a, if it's a, you know, advancing the runner, that's fine. If it's making him throw 12 pitches to get you out, that's fine. But the problem is we can't have a lot of three pitch, you know, go sit down like that just can't happen. So I think good pitching, solid pitching. And if, if nothing else, just getting us off to a good two, three inning start, uh, for, for our, for our guys to hopefully warm up at the plate. And then secondly, uh, just every time you look at that pitcher, just expect to hit the, hit the baseball. Yeah, you hit you hit the. I mean, you hit some really good points there, Wayne. I mean, I think when Vitello put this lineup together, just starting with that uh, before before I get into the pitching rotation. But when he put this lineup together, the last two days that has worked, it wasn't rocket science. He put the top three hitters at the top of the lineup: the 
top statistical leaders. Um, you've got, you know, your leadoff hitter, Jared Dickey, 314, Christian Moore, 320, Blake Burke, 333. So all of a sudden, that's working. You're hit, you're getting RBIs and you're getting them in mass quantities. Um, so I think you continue with that. Uh, I talked about Logan Chambers. It's very interesting that the Logan Chambers and the Christian Scott change in the lineup. Logan Chain, Chambers is batting um, in the in the bottom of the lineup. You know that that's such an important position because oftentimes in the lineup you'll get to that it'll be a nine one two in the order. So Logan Chambers really kind of acts as a leadoff hitter. Now, in Christian Scott's defense, in previous lineups, he bats higher in the lineup, but he's he's had 11 strikeouts, and in, in those in those 50 at-bats he's had, he's hit into three double plays. Where you look at Chambers, he's had only five strikeouts, um, and he's had eight runs. Um, so this is a guy that gets on base, whether it be through walks or whatever have you, finds his way, like you said, the name of the game: get on base, advance, and then knock the runner in. So get it. So that that I think I think we've got something working with this lineup. Okay. Now getting into pitching, you hit you hit it there. Um, Burns, I'm going to give you a stat here. He's give up. He's given up in 40 hits. He's given up eight homers, 15 doubles, and one triple. 24 of the 40 hits have been for extra bases. So. That tells me that these hitters are getting up to the plate and they are foaming at the mouth because you know what they're looking for? Dead red heat, buddy. And uh, when they get it, they're going to hit it and they're going to hit it for extra bases and it's going to cost us. When you look at Beam, Beam's had uh, only 11, 11 earned runs hit against him, a 252 earned run average. Um, so I look I look for in this series, and I, and I hope to see it as a fan, is to see Bean pitch uh, in the first game, and and that's that's where you want to win. You want to get a, a lead in the in the series, so you get with Bean. Um, I would be inclined to keep Burns on day two, hope to get a second win in the series. But if not, you got Dolander to clean it up on the third day. Um, I think the problem with Dolander is uh, compared to last year and the the color guy and the the play-by-play call guy talked a lot about how he looked different in the Florida game versus the LSU game is that in the first inning, Dolander's using more off speed uh, than he is the fastball. Um, He needs to use that high fastball to get out of the inning. That needs to be his strikeout pitch, but he's got to get that finesse going with his curveball or with his slider uh, like Kirby Connell does and like Camden Sewell does two pitchers who on, on this team have not given up any home runs. Um, that's because they're more finesse with their off speed and they catch you on the high fastball to get out of the end. Yeah, I think, I think I, I agree with you. You know, obviously you, you got to win two of the three. So whether that's Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Sunday, you've got to win two of those ball games. But I always feel like when you're on the road, uh, it's the old Johnny majors quote, attack, attack, attack. If you win game one in Fayetteville, they may not sleep until Saturday's game time, and then you've got them on their heels. So, to me, uh, we'll see how uh, how much of a leash uh, Tony Vitello has because something about those Razorbacks get him torqued up, and we'll see if he uh, if he unleashes a little bit uh, against the Razorbacks there in Fayetteville. He's been there before as, a, as an assistant coach, and uh, the, I think this may be his first return trip 
if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, uh, since he's been at Tennessee, or at least uh, when it's been meaningful baseball. Uh, you know, maybe he went his first year or so. But uh, to me, uh, Tennessee's right where they need to be. Uh, they've got the pieces that they they need. They've they've been able to to kind of fend off some sweeps. Only one sweep on the season. Uh, won a couple Sunday games, which is not always uh, what you want to hope for or hang your hat on. Uh, but I think it's what keeps you alive. You've you've beaten the number one team in the country. You've beaten Florida, the number three team in the country. Now, if you can knock off uh, another top five, top ten team in Arkansas, then all's right in the world. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think Tennessee baseball is far off. Yeah, and and one thing that I think you brought up at the very beginning of the show that I think is important for our listeners is uh, the the difference between Lipsius and Blake Burke at first base. Okay, um, last year uh, Lipsius had the whole season had four errors at first base. Blake Burke has eight of the twenty six errors. Okay. Um, 26 errors in comparison to the 49 that we had with our team last year is not terrible. Okay, Lipscomb and Cortland Lawson on that side of the of the infield, they made a number of errors. Uh, you've got you probably got those stats in front of you with Lipscomb, but if you look at Lipscomb's numbers and the errors that he made at third base, uh, very similar to maybe Maui Ahuna, who's got four right now, but. To have eight errors at first base already in the season, double what Luke, what Luke Lipsius does at first base uh, last year, um, that's something that has to be cleaned up. And, and I assure you that the coaching staff is working on that. But uh, that is a position where he has to be comfortable with where Christian Moore is playing. He has to understand his range. He has to understand his covering the bag on bunt coverages. Uh, but I look for that to improve. That's a very important piece as we progress in the season. Well, and I, th- I think, you know, it's a, it's a on-job training, Ben. Uh, you know, a lot of these players, because of the the horses that were in front of them, uh, didn't get a ton of work. So uh, I think Dickey's trying to get in where he fits in. He's the new age Evan Russell, uh, trying to play in a lot of different positions just to have to have play in time uh, to show later on this year. Uh, but if, if anything is uh, – if anything is uh, – good for this baseball team hopefully it's a level of consistency and they've had the same lineup for two games two big wins honestly two run rule wins so uh hopefully that's a that speaks to what can happen in Fayetteville I'm not calling it but I'm calling it Uh, I think Tennessee goes to Fayetteville I think they win Friday I think Arkansas gets Saturday and then I think we've got a Sunday game uh, that we better be on a couch somewhere because it's going to be worth watching yeah, I think if we can, I think if we can go with what I would like to see, I'd like to see Beam pitch in game one. If Beam pitches in game one and we use the same lineup, we're going to be tough to beat. We've proven it the last couple of nights. And like David Ross said about the 2016 Cubs and the 2017 Cubs, I think this is very comparable, is the 2016 Cubs and the 2017 Cubs were the exact same team. 2016, they win a world championship. 2017, they're one of the worst teams in baseball. David Ross was asked what the difference was. He said Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. We lost our leadoff hitter, and the lineup wasn't the same. I think Tony Vitello has found the lineup, and I think if he makes a change with the pitching, um, I think we have a shot. But I think that goes hand-in-hand with our bullpen, too, Wayne. Uh, 
you know, I, we've seen these guys, the Zender Seacrest and the Halverson, just giving up multiple home runs, and they have the most innings pitched. I want to see some more Andrew Lindsey. I want to see some more Camden Sewell, and I want to see more Kirby O'Connell. Those are guys not giving up home runs, and they're maximizing their innings. Yeah, you got to see more of the stash. Uh, but I, I will say uh, his uh, his size and Burke's size, a uh, bunt down the first baseline is pretty much death because uh, right. I don't know that either one of them can get to it. Uh, but uh, Be rough. But you know what? You know what? You just strike them out, and you ain't got to worry about them getting to first base. How about that? That's right. Uh, but I think you've heard a lot of things. If you've watched it, if you made it to this point, you've heard a lot of things uh, that, that can clean up uh, what's ailing Tennessee baseball? Again, a very good team, uh, still a nationally ranked team. So it's not a, oh, woe is me, throw the baby out with the bathwater. But it is a situation to where we're not what we were a year ago. Uh, but in a lot of ways, it's going to be hard to repeat that team. So, uh, Ben, I, I think I think if, if anybody was close to a ledge, we've hopefully backed them off of it here. Uh, but ultimately, uh, let's let's find us a couch somewhere, find us a bar room somewhere, and catch uh, Tennessee and Arkansas this weekend and try to right the ship. Let's grind on, buddy. Absolutely. Well, you know what? If you've liked today, you'll like other shows. Check us out on our YouTube channel, The Grind On Sports. Uh, you'll see a lot of cool videos that we've been able to meet with people, talk about their history, talk about their sport. Uh, this one's a little bit of a, a different thing. It's just me and Ben hashing it out. Uh, but we're going to do a lot more of this. Uh, try to get weekly content out is a little tougher than it, it would. Uh, we would hope it would be. But you know what? We've got a lot of cool guys. NFL quarterback coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got a former Tennessee basketball player here in a couple weeks. So if you like what you're seeing, hit that subscribe button. Like us on Facebook or Twitter. And, of course, as I always say, grind on.